morning, everybody. Thank you all for coming. My name, <coughs> excuse me, my name is Jeff Eels, <coughs> and I was fortunate enough to grow up in the Congo, formerly known as Zaire, and I was there from 1965 to 1983, as my parents, Roger and Sally Eels, were missionaries there. Lelo Bokoyok and Lingala. Today you're going to hear some Lingala, which is one of the four main training languages thrown, uh, spoken throughout Congo. Aussi, vous allez écouter quelques mots en français. You're also going to hear some French words uh, because they throw that in quite a bit. Nubako Selenga was born into a Christian family in 1964, the year Congo was in a revolution. He was raised with princ Christian principles, and at the age of 14, John 3.16 became very real, and with his father at his side, he accepted Christ into his life. Shortly thereafter, his father passed away, and he left to attend high school in Gemina. And it was there that Roger Eels, a teacher there, took an interest in him and had him join his evangelism team, mentoring him, visiting villages, and he would also translate the Jesus film into the local tribal language, or Lingala, so the locals could understand the narration, because it was only in the French version at the time. He grounded his faith by taking Emmaus Bible courses and leading devotions, and upon graduation from high school felt led to be a pastor and was able to study in a cemetery down in Kinshasa, the capital. In 1988, he married Claudine and then finished seminary in 1991. His pastoral career included pastoring churches in Gemina, becoming ordained in 1996, and then being called to serve as the president of the Evangelical Free Church in the Ubangi region in the year 2000. He oversaw 600 churches, and he served two terms all the way through 2008. This was a very difficult time, as the war was in progress for part of his term, and most of the church's property was destroyed, including buildings, churches, transportation, no office, no radio, no house, etc. Yet God blessed, and the church grew in number and strength. In 2009, the home office for the Free Church in Minneapolis invited Pastor Selenga to join their REACH Global Division and become the first black African missionary on staff within Reach Global. His mission is to help multiply healthy churches to all the unreached throughout Africa. His training of pastors throughout the continent of Africa has helped the kingdom grow considerably. Since 2011, 3,000 churches have been planted, 17,000 church planters have been trained, 400 master trainers have been trained in 31 different countries, and their goal is to have 2,000 churches being started just in 2017 alone. God is truly at work. Pastor Selenga's wife, Claudine, she felt led to help with girls in the large city of Kinshasa and started Tabitha Center, a ministry helping girls escape the world of living on the streets and in prostitution by sharing Christ, teaching life skills and trades, and building their self-esteem. Business is booming, to say the least, with 97 centers up and running and over 3,000 girls participating since 2013. Claudine has a vision for 1,000 centers in the next three years. Selenga and Claudine are blessed with five children of their own and one adopted child. One, uh, in the U.S., there is one attending college, one is attending grad school, and the other has already graduated colleges and working. In Congo, two are in high school and one is in junior high. Please join me in welcoming Pastor Nubako Selenga as he shares the wor about God's word and about his ministry throughout the continent of Africa. button. 
and it's not lighting up. It's on? Okay. Oh, they're just using the wrong signal. Okay, um, this is Claudine and Pastor Selenga, and we're going to take a few minutes and show you some pictures uh, of their family and their work before he uh, gets ready for the sermon. So, Bonneco Solo. Um, good morning. Jeff explained all already to you, so I don't know what I can explain again. <laughs> but um, this is my family. We have uh, six children, uh, one adopted, so we have normally five. And uh, three are here, and uh, three in, in the DRC. So this is three in the DRC, this, this yard. Next. Yeah, three in the USA. Uh, Trezor Hudson, 27 years, Esther, he do master degree on the business, business administration. And uh, Sarah, do the nursing at the Dutch College. There are three here. I'm gonna take over here. Uh, about four years ago, I went to Africa, as some of you recall, and I was led to raise funds for a friend's church. As you can see, here's a picture of the church that was falling apart. Uh, termites, et cetera, they started the program. And what I wanted to do today was just share that we've sort of closed the loop on the project. Uh, next photo, please. Um, so uh, four other people joined me in uh, raising funds for, with a 100-mile bike ride. Uh, several of you are here today. Thank you again for doing that. And we were able to raise just about $9,000. Uh, 53 total people contributed uh, towards the effort. Next. Uh, here's a picture of the progress being made of the church expansion, putting the doors on, uh, putting the stucco on, et cetera. And here's a picture of the final product, the exterior, uh, right before the church dedication. And here is a picture of the president of the Free Church uh, doing the dedication ceremony um, back at uh, the end of July 2017. And Pastor Nubako Selenga actually uh, sp spoke the sermon that day. Uh, at the church. So I want to take this opportunity to thank you so much on behalf of Evangelical Fishers in the Congo from St. Paul like a bicycle, and you raise money to do the great thing in Congo. So the people, and uh, during the, uh, the time we did the dedication, it was raining. We cannot worry about that because we was inside, sit very good. So. Thank you so much. And the people contribute for this. We are so grateful for that. Thank you. Um, Jeff explained already to you at the ministry we are doing in the Congo. We do our vision is to reach 20 million kids by 2020. So now we reach them already 60,000, and they are in uh, 106. Uh, 100 36 clubs in the Congo. So our vision is to reach them 20 million by 2020. So pray for us. My wife can explain to you, Tabitha. Tabitha, vision is up on a salisabana basi, the goal of the Tabitha Center that Claudine works on is to basically teach uh, girls about Christ and to help them get out of their life of prostitution. Uh, 
Uh, their goal, as I said, was to uh, ultimately have a thousand centers. They have 97 now, and they think they have raised enough money, and they're hoping for next year to have another hundred added. They have a program that includes three times per week to meet, and within those uh, three sessions per week, they have different opportunities for the girls to pursue. They teach them different types of trades. First, they have to teach them, many of them, to read and write. About 30% do not even know how to read and write because they started working and living in the streets when they were very, very young. Uh, they have everything from teaching them hairdressing to how to work in a hotel to being a cook or to being tailors and learning how to sew. So they do a nine-month program, and then they do three months of uh, internship. They've uh, graduated about 157 total classes. And in February, they've got another graduating class coming up. Yeah, and at the lunch, if you stay for the lunch period, we can delve into a little bit more details, and then there'll be a Q&A session as well if you have questions. Here's just some photos. Uh, now we're going to move into what Pastor Salenga does with uh, training le uh, church leaders. All the things we do just to equip the pastors. Do you know in Africa, we have <coughs> around 20% um, pastors did not have good education. So we equip them behind them. They lead maybe 500, 200 believers, but no good education. So we invest in the life of a pastor so they can lead well their churches. You can scroll through the photos. Here's different training classes, yes. sessions. Mm -hmm. It's a different uh, course, process. This is a graduation of some pastors. Jump to the PowerPoint real quick, if you could, please. Can I control it? It's on. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. So I'm a leading rich Africa. Um, is it the top button or the? Which there's two. Hitting both, I'm hitting one, I'm hitting the other. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. I can't focus. There we go. There you go, thank you. And then boom. Okay. So I explained already about my family. Um, <coughs> this is a trip, uh, two people I work with them. They are on my team for Anglophone country and a Francophone country. So I'm, I'm not living alone, but I'm with two people. Uh, this is our vision and a mission. You can read. We want to see Africa transformed <coughs> by the power of the gospel. All we are doing to train them. And uh, we start in, in five countries today. We are working in 31 countries in Africa. Um, from 2011 until today, 3,000 churches planted and over 70,000 uh, churches, church planters financed. 
and the 400 master planner, you are working only 51 countries. This is uh, Tabitha, maybe Claudine can explain to you again. Uh, the vision is to, uh, to plant 1,000, but now they plant already 97. And uh, we praise God because we receive a fund already to double the number of a center of a Tabitha. So this is a man train the girls who don't read and write. This is our vision to equip um, the pastors. And I talked to you about the kids. This is some project we have to sustain the ministry are doing in the Congo and in Africa. This is some reality, realities we had in Africa. And the good thing is that the church is the host of Africa. So we need prayer. to preach the word of God. I ask you to stand up and we can read in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6. I will ask Jeff to read this passage for us. We want to read from verse 1 and verse 7 and 20 to 25. Deuteronomy 6, 1 through 7. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And in the spirit of uh, saving time, we're going to jump to verse 20 through 25. In the future... When your son asks you, what is the meaning of the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God has commanded you, tell him, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, but the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Before our eyes, the Lord sent miraculous signs and wonders, great and terrible, upon Egypt and Pharaoh and his whole household. But he brought us out from there to bring us in and to give us the land that he promised on oath to our forefathers. 
The Lord commanded us to obey all these decrees and to fear the Lord our God so that we might always prosper and be kept alive as is the case today. And if we are careful to obey all his laws before the Lord our God as he has commanded us, that will be our righteousness. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your words. And we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray that your Holy Spirit might reveal itself today and through your words. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Good morning again. So now I want to speak in Lingala uh, from my heart to you. Um, maybe in the future we preach in English, I hope. This is my desire. Um, I want to give a special thanks to the pastors and the staffs of this church for giving me the opportunity to preach God's word today. Uh, my wife and I are very, very happy to be here today. And one of the things we're really grateful for is being able to escape the snow from Minneapolis a couple days ago. Our prayer was that the snow would start after we left. But God didn't totally hear our prayer. It started snowing a couple days before we left, but here the weather's great. Congo is very, very warm tropical weather. And in Kinshasa, it's hot. And so we're not really used to cold weather. Uh, I was very excited when I heard that you're going through a sermon series, and uh, this week we would be on this, the book of Deuteronomy. And as I understand it, uh, the church is going through a whole one-year program to virtually hit every book of the Bible uh, each week. And as I've been walking around, I'm seeing the uh, banners on the side of the wall. Uh, that show the, uh, each book of the Bible. Something that uh, I must say is it's really important to remember God's word. And it, one always uh, profits and does well by listening and heeding God's word. Uh, I love the book of Deuteronomy. And it's a book to remind people back to what the law is. God is uh, refreshing and reminding everybody about his laws and his ways. The uh, Israelites had been uh, standing in the, uh, spent time in the wilderness, and they'd been there for 40 whole years waiting to go into the promised land. And throughout their life cycle, they'd experienced numerous occasions and numerous uh, opportunities for God to show miracles. God had shown them who he was. He'd protected them. 
and they were getting ready to go into the promised land. And so before they went in, God took this opportunity to refresh and remind them of his word. And I'm really happy. Because it's very important that we remember on a daily basis who God is and his word. And it's important that people who see us and know us see God through us when they encounter us. We are people who tend to forget sometimes. And it's important that when people see us, they, they remind, we remind them of who God is. Moses had shown them throughout the time he was in leadership all the opportunities God had used them to, to bless them and to protect them and to feed them throughout the whole time period. And Moses had shown them and told them there's consequences for following God's word and not following God's word. And if they followed God's word and obeyed him, things would be well. They will have peace. And if they don't obey God, what are the consequences? And it's great to share that God is very clear in scripture. He gives us a choice. Follow him, what are the consequences? choose to disobey him, what are the consequences? And as he said, for you, your family, your children, and your grandchildren, I want you to make sure that those generations continue to follow God's word. Uh, as God's word says, teach your children and your grandchildren. Otherwise, how will they know? So the theme that I'd like to capture today to take with you is that you remember, teach your children. Tell them stories. Help them understand scripture. And what are you doing about it? Give them stories, give them examples, give them biblical scriptures to read. It's very, very important. Scripture is telling us that in order for God's word to continue, it's our responsibility as parents to teach our children. And it's their responsibilities to teach their children. And so on and so forth. I was in a church somewhere here in the U.S. And he said that when you're preaching on Jacob or Isaac, you often have to explain and clarify some things. If I'm a son, maybe Isaac, Jake, or you need to explain because many people here when they was a child, they not attend the church. They have not the opportunity to read the Bible. They know nothing. So that is surprising me. And that is surprising me, no. For it is mingi nanda kona batumosusu Bibli e fungala makate ba ebi istuar nanzambete. And it doesn't surprise me because in many homes there's a Bible that never gets opened. 
Zambe, Mosa yebisi epaye na bana Israel ete tala. Bino bana Israel boyoka. And so Moses reiterated to the children of Israel, uh, to the children of Israel, he said, listen up, Hear, heed what I'm going to say. And if you go to verse 4, he says, listen, heed. So when someone's getting ready to tell you something very important, he's going to try to capture your attention so you listen very carefully. Boyoka, Yahweh Nzambi Nabiso, He's basically saying, listen up. God is God and God is one. Our God in heaven, Jehovah, is one God. And this was basically like a confession, a statement, a philosophy, a concept of what the children of Israel were. This was the true essence of who the Israelites were. They were God's children. You're getting ready to go into the promised land, and when you go in there, there's people worshiping all sorts of different gods. But remember, when you go in, you worship me, one God only. Love God with your whole heart. Love God with your whole mind and, and uh, intelligence and your life. And your full strength. God is just one. Remember, in all of your life, when you're teaching your children, remind them that God is just one. If you uh, go to Mark 12, verse 29 and 30, uh, Jesus said the same thing, and I'll go ahead and read it for you. Love the Lord with your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Jesus, when he was asked um, by, by his apostles, what is the greatest commandment, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. What are the distractions in today's life and in today's world that takes us from following just God because he's the only God? Over in Africa, some of the people uh, are still following animism and spirits in the forest and with witch doctors. What is uh, taking God's place here in uh, Southern California? God is only one. And God's desire for us is that as we live our lives, that he only has the sole place in our life. 
na verset ya motoba alobi ete mobeko oyo botiango na mitema na bino and he says in verse 6 these laws and decrees keep them in your heart alobi botiango na motute metiango na mitema na bino he said don't put it in your head don't put it in your mind put it in your heart Mzembo na Bayuda chapitre kama zomi na libwa verse zomi na moko na lingu beko tanga mombo na zambi alubi ete nazali ko bate ilubana yo na mote manangai ete na salama beipana yote In Psalms he basically says that I want to guard your word and keep it in my in my heart Lord so you will protect me Bate ilubana zambi bate lango na mite manabino Guard and remember and use God's word in your heart Pena verse sete alubi ete and he says, teach your children all the time so that they will know this. I am one God. I'm the only God. And continue it to the next generation. Your Christian life should not just stay just with you and your generation. You have a responsibility to transmit it and convey it to your children and your grandchildren. So that they will know that God is the only God. And when you go to verses 20 through 25, the children are going to ask you, uh, what is the stipulations, decrees, and laws the Lord our God commanded you? Why did he give the laws and decrees that he did? Remind them that we were slaves in Egypt. And we were slaves in Egypt with, with, uh, under Pharaoh. And God's power and strength got us out of that life of slavery. God showed us miracles. And there were things that were extremely mighty and, and strong that God showed us throughout that uh, exit from, from uh, Egypt. Tell those stories to your children that they won't forget. How God showed his power and strength to you. And he got us out of slavery and brought us to freedom. And so he gave us these laws and decrees. When a mother or a father is sharing these with their children, they're, they're creating a heritage. He's teaching them something of value, something that's important. He's passing it on to his children. And one of the things is that it's important that your children see that life and that you're living as part of that heritage. It's important that children hear straight from you how God is living and God, how God has impacted your life as a parent. It's important that the children see what was your desire what were the things that you uh, had to work through? What were the issues of deception that you had to deal with? This is something of a victory and your failures in life. 
and they want to, it's important that they see how you had confidence in God and how he worked through you, through your failures. And how God intervened and took, took charge and helped you get through that issue. Tell your children stories. Keep them up to date on what you're struggling with. You're leaving a huge heritage for your children. You want to make sure that they see the real life of being a Christian, not just something that's conceptualized or in the abstract. So as you're living your life, raising your children, have them see your daily walk with God, your failures, your successes, that it'll be a heritage for them. They can, they can imitate that. They'll see the victories that you had and they'll embrace those in their life. They will also see the failures and know what not to deal with because they saw that through you. Uh, my uh, oldest son uh, has graduated from college. Uh, he's got a girlfriend and they're having uh, some uh, challenges. And the days that they're here, they're, uh, he and his girlfriend are having little challenges on communication. And so he called mom and dad and was going through some of the issues he was having with his fiance. I had the same problem. My current wife knows that we had these same struggles. So my mother, my wife and I told our son, put your trust in God, pray to God. Look, your mother and I went through the exact same challenge that you're having right now. But God helped us through it. But, and today we have a very, very strong, solid marriage because of that. Tell the stories of your life of Christ with your children. It has meaning. If you look in our current society, a lot of the youth don't have any models, people to look up to in the Christian life. And a lot of the teenagers, as they're struggling to identify who they are and figure out who they are, they're struggling a lot of times because there's no example, there's no heritage that's being created in the home. God told us, take his principles and his truths and pass those on to our children. My father was a pastor. He was very passionate about reading God's word and to prayer. And when he was going to Bible school, they, they were teaching him the concept of meeting together and praying, especially with children. And every morning, he'd get us up really, really early, and he'd gather us all around together, and he would share God's word and read from, Bible, from the Bible. And there were times where I was still really tired, but I still gathered with the family, and I would lay my head on my dad's leg and still listen, even though I didn't really want to be there because I was tired. 
He said, even though I'm a pastor and you're my children, unless you follow God, you will not have eternal life. And if I die or you die, there'll be eternal separation. And I go, I ask myself, I can't lose my father. I love my father. And at that morning, it was revealed to me, and I realized, and the Holy Spirit told me that I'm not a believer, and I need to become a believer. And that morning, I told that to my father, and so he prayed for me, and we prayed together that I would become a believer. And shortly thereafter, my father passed away. And I was very uh, shaken up as I saw the uh, casket and the body in the church for the funeral. And I started listening to all these people giving testimonies and stories about my father at the funeral service. But I knew at that time that I was going to be eventually reunited with my father because he was a believer and I was a believer and we'd re 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 uh, get together back in heaven. Share your stories with your children. You will leave them a heritage with purpose so that they don't lack having eternal life. I'm, I, really, I really like this book. I'm really happy with uh, Joshua. As we know that famous verse from Joshua, I think it's 1.8, he says, as for me and my house, we will follow the Lord. He didn't say, just me, I'm going to follow God's word. He said, my whole household is going to follow God's word. Thank you.